knees every night and I pray Asking Lord let him hear, I got something to say There's a fear out there and yeah girl so yes we're live. live live fine and in the flesh yes so kayla we're gonna do this again welcome to the mic bomb podcast the first ever live stream of the mic bomb this is the first time we going live like but long overdue because the people People needed to, you know, see us live. They they needed it. They needed it. Um, they Again. needed it, you know, so we could just practically get it all out the way, you know. Oh, so yes. everybody, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we got right, ourselves right. together. Yes. No. So as we said, we're live. We're finding it in the flesh. So you can hear everything that's happening on the back end. The only thing that I wish is that you all could interact with us because you know it gets real right. sometimes. It gets right, real sometimes. Right. So the dialogue. Got but let's get to it. Right. Um, so yeah, let's get to it. It was a crazy weekend for the NFL playoffs, um, but I'm pretty sure with our predictions, we kind of saw certain results coming, but not in the way that they came. Like, not at all. Not in the way that they came. Let me tell yes. you, Shay, I was ready. I was ready. As a Falcons yes, fan, you. I know you have to wait till the clock strikes zero, zero, zero at the end of the fourth before you say anything. I'm just conditioned yes. to be that way. But I'm real tempted after the first half of the Jags Chargers game to be like, Shay, you were saying what? <laughs> Glad I, I didn't do that. Win Glad that game, I didn't but... do that. <laughs> yes, Stace. Um, I was saying that the Jags were going to win that game, but I did not see any of that coming the way it did. I really did not see it coming. Like, Really? You know? Yeah. Not that way. The, like, that when was it, an epic. I mean, I have, if you happen to follow me on IG, you see I already said it there. But I have always called the Chargers Falcons West. Like, yeah, every season. Every season. And it's just like, you want to cheer the Chargers. You expect better from the Chargers. Right. But it's right. always same result and about that Chargers fan that lost a million on a yeah. because he bet for the Chargers. Oh, while they were up 3-7-0, put him on the game. Right. Talk about um, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's weird to me because like, I don't know how to even do this. Oh, Stace, girl, we freezing up on live, man. But um, yes. are, 
The world need to see that beautiful face. <laughs> but yes. How, how can you tell we're freezing up? I, it looks like it looks like we're all square on my end, or it's just my trash Wi-Fi. It's fine. You know, the spirit yeah, can't yeah. stop. The, the evil spirits hey, can't stop the can't show. Stop it. They it. hear you, so they going you know, they hear you, they gonna feel you. But yes, that charges game. Okay, I'm not shocked with the result of the game because I picked the Jags. If you guys listen to the podcast, you heard, well, I'm not sure about Kayla because I think she picked the Chargers because she's a Colts fan. Mm -hmm. But if you heard me and Stace, we picked the Jaguars. Stace didn't believe in the Chargers. And me, it's not that I didn't believe in the Chargers. It was just straight up. I just feel it was Jacksonville's time. You know, they were playing exceptional football. You picked the Chargers? I picked the Chargers. I said the Jags were going to do well, but they're young and inexperienced, and I felt experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did say that. You did say that. Yes, yes, I do. Did say that. You did say that. Okay, so it's just straight like this. I said, well, guess what then? Then I guess it's me on my own ally on this one then. I picked the Jaguars, but I did start backpedaling on my pick, though, when I pretty much seen with my own two eyes how that game was going to go or how I thought the game was going to go. But Trevor Lawrence said, not today, not me, not today, not in the stadium. And that's just that. Kayla has finally joined us. Hi, friends. Yes. So we're now live with all three awesome so yeah kayla we're uh we just started tapping in pretty much getting you caught up we're now chopping it up about the jags and the chargers game because that game was observed like that game to me stood out the most in the wild card because the way it happened not only because who won the game was that and how excited and how much needed that was for the city of jacksonville but it's just the collapse of the Chargers. Duval! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I stood on my own island. I thought me and Sace picked the both both picked the Jacks, but no, I stand on my own island, and I'm glad I did. Cause whoo, I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars to win that game. Because, like I said, they're young, they're fast, they're healthy. They're on a hot streak. They're playing exceptional football on both sides of the ball. And the crazy thing about it is Trevor Lawrence, though, is the first ever quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, in NFL history to have five turnovers, five, and straight like this, win the game. So everything like, of life football said they should have lost the yes. That's Like the Chargers defense, right? I think I said they were going to lose, but – that was because I felt some type of way about no, the division. You said it was because you were close, man, and you ain't want that as an AFC South rival. We understand. We understand. That's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm happy for Jeff. I'm happy for Jeff. Oh, of course. No, but I'm saying the true question so now is how much more did the Jags win it than the Chargers lost it, though? Because I don't even the Jags had question. no reason winning. That's a good question because it's like it's real hard to say how much when both teams honestly okay you could look at the Jaguars as it did not go away they kept fighting they kept going and it ended up paying out well for them paying well you know in the end for them 
That's how you could look at it from the Jaguar standpoint. But from the charge standpoint, okay, it was a resilient. Your DPS can't get one stop? Yes, it was a resilient win for Jaguars because, like I said, five turnovers, four interceptions by Trevor Lawrence, and yet you still put up 30-plus points a game against one of the NFL's best defenses when healthy. I said when healthy. Clearly not now. But from the Chargers standpoint, you did give up 30 points to a team had, you know, pretty much to a team that a lot of people didn't believe in. A lot of people did not see making the playoffs because they believed a lot in the Tennessee Titans. Um, definitely didn't see them winning the AFC South division. And then on top of that, you also got to think about it from this perception. You were up 27 to nothing. To nada. It was 27 to nothing entering the half. So it was like you practically had the game put away. And that's another quarter. Did us? That's practically unacceptable. That's where Brandon Stanley gets a lot of blame. I mean, we saw it with you know. I hate to bring up my Colts because we just were terrible all around this season. But I mean, just looking at the box score, the Chargers just seemed like they ran out of gas and said, "You know what? Y'all got it." But I mean, like that's like what you said, Shay. Youth was on Jacksonville side. They didn't like run out of gas. Out. Oh, they got it. They ran I out of gas. I said Trevor Lawrence is a problem by himself. He is. He is a problem. And honestly, the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be a problem for the AFC for years to come. Oh, Stace, you left. Okay, come back when you could, girl. <laughs> but, yeah, we need Stace up here. We we, we need Nasus. We need you on this live right now. It's <laughs> All right. We, we tried. Yeah. We'll get it together eventually. Oh yeah, we'll do this at one time. They they know this the first time. They know from the promotion, and Stacy is back in the mix. Thank you, girl. Get back up here. Get back in the studio. Uh uh-uh. uh get your butt back up here. But was <laughs> <laughs> straight like that. I just can't believe what I saw from the Chargers, though. I can't believe what I saw. Like, really? Did hey, we? Stace, they they might need to get on that same AARP. Um, playing that the Lakers are on. Listen, Um, we're going to get a little into the Lakers later on. We can't give them all the tea just yet, but we got to talk about this wild card weekend because a lot of matchups this weekend could definitely play into effect come, you know, based off what was done in the wild card weekend. A lot of them could come into effect this upcoming weekend in the division around, which we're definitely going to get into more on this episode. But back to the wild card game. Uh, I just can't believe that the Jaguars came back like that. That game was over with. I thought it was put away. I'm like, there's no way in hell you could turn the ball over four times a game. And Trevor Lawrence is the first quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger to throw four interceptions and four touchdowns in a playoff game. Then you turn right back around, and he had five turnovers in total, and he wins the game, putting up 30-plus points. It's so hard to look at the Chargers and be like, who's to blame? Because, yes, you could blame the offense for not scoring any more points, for practically getting shut out the first, you know, the whole second half. But then you got to look at the defense. How did you – okay, the offense, yes – the defense gave you five turnovers. 
You know, you did get shut out the second half. Straight like that. But then you got to look at the uh, the Chargers defense. Yes, you gave us five turnovers, but you also gave up 30 points. And it's part of like a, thir- a 27 to nothing lead. Then you got to look at the perception from, you know, the coaching. It's it's hard to who to put blame for, but it's definitely I'm definitely blaming Brandon Stanley for the collapse overall because this is your team. This you is got, your you team. You got to coach all four quarters. Yeah, and then I do got to put blame on the Chargers defense because you gave up 30 points in one half. You gave up more points than your offense produced, even though you did have five turnovers. But I also got to look at the, it's the whole team at this rate because you can easily point. You guys got shut out in one half. You did not coach this team up to play a full 60 minutes of football, Brandon Stanley. You're definitely looking at the defensive coordinator because your side of the ball gave 30-plus. Then you also got to look at the perception of the fact that your, you know, your defense gave up 30 points. Your offense did not, you know, produce. This is all, and that's why all the blame goes on Brandon Stanley because this is all happening on your football team. But the Chargers did elect to keep him. They don't feel like it's inspire him, so they didn't. But I feel now like it's unfair to say that the offense didn't produce. Like they gave you yeah. like almost thirty points. Twenty-seven points. It's like <laughs> why do we have? Yeah, to- like you can count <laughs> that and say fifty that- points per game to win. <laughs> yes, but you can counter that though and say that hey. Even though you did, you did get shut out the second half, even though the game was practically put away when the second half got started. But then you got to look at the defense and you got to look at Brandon Staley and you got to look at the defensive coordinator. You got to look at them because you guys gave up 30 points, even though you did give us our turnovers. It's a it's a lot of blame to go around. So the pool the blame goes on for that game, in my opinion, I'm blaming everybody. The offense stopped producing. The defense stopped you know, taking the ball away, even though they did have five turnovers, they stopped playing good defense. The defensive coordinator stopped enough plays or calling good enough, you know, plays to keep to pretty much neutralize Trevor Lawrence and them guys. And then they weren't able to stop the run the whole second half as well, which played a huge factor because Trevor ain't Travis 18 had himself a hell of a half. Then you got to look at it from the perception of, Brandon Staley, this is your, this is your, this is your team. Nobody was, or nobody was playing, you know, playing well the second half. Football is 60 minutes, 60. You got to coach a team up to play 60 minutes of football. And Brandon Staley has felt to do that. So number one. But can you blame him? I mean, you're at 18 weeks of games now on top of playoffs. You don't think that played a role in any of that? Of him keep of the charges keeping him, yes. I know. I mean, I'm saying overall, like, I mean, for all of these teams, I mean, yes, yes, but you got to think about it. It's about who gets the blame for the collapse against the Chargers, and it's everybody, it's everybody. Everybody got up, you know, everybody to me can all take blame. Offense stop producing, defense just stop stopping, not, not making big plays, not getting the offense off the field unable to run, getting punched in the mouth up and down. Jacksonville in the past game as well, 
just like the run game, was able to do whatever the hell they wanted, when they wanted, no answer. Um, it was straight like that. And then it's Brandon Staley, who clearly did not coach this team up enough, who did players injured, you know, during the weeks, playing unnecessary games that they did not have to play. That's why Mike Williams was missing. Keenan Allen is just coming back. And a lot of people looked at Brandon Staley, and they lost that last game, I believe it was, to Denver because of that, along with Mike Williams, who's arguably now their best wide receiver, getting injured this that's that usually that would do it but i definitely understand the chargers point of view of keeping them because i don't see anyone right now that could come in and do a better job i really don't and i know a lot of charger fans or a lot of football fans will attack me for saying that but who who's going to take his place i don't know okay you got to turn your mic off my bad. Um, I mean, I feel like that's a, the position a lot of co- or teams are in right now. I mean, you know, a lot of teams need to reevaluate their coaching staffs because, I mean, it, it's been a rough year, it seems like, for the whole league, not just my Colts, but yeah, as it's far as finding like, a good coach. I think it's been live. I, I think that's more than fair to say that. Um, it's just – it's everybody, I think, but to all right, um, Stacy's finally back, <laughs> but we're we're gonna get it together. We, yeah, we, we got this. Get it together. We promise, guys. We're gonna get it together. This is our first time going live. Obviously, things not going as smooth as we you know we will want it to all together, but. We're going to make it through. We're going to push. We Hopefully, you guys stick with us, you know, through Thick and Thin. And just be delightful fans, please. Just be delightful fans. But we actually don't – you know what? Let's just move on. Uh, yeah. Stacey, ready to move on? I guess she's ready to move on. Let's do it. Where are we going next? Uh, tell you where we're going next. We need to go next to the other wild card games. Um, let's do it. Let's let's go to who? Dallas and Tampa. <laughs> I I was not I wasn't ready. Like I, I just I flat out wasn't ready for that. Um, I to be yeah. completely. I, I stopped watching because I I thought we were good. I thought my prediction was solid. <laughs> um, right. And then here comes Dak and them boys. Yes, Dak and the boys. I just listen. I didn't. I didn't get. See, there was a reason the spirit was trying to kick me out of this live fourteen times just for me to come back and have to talk about the Cowboys. Yes, I don't. I don't, I don't know what happened. Like, are, are we? Are we ready to say goodbye to Tom? Is Tom ready for us to say goodbye to him? Tom is ready to say um, goodbye to Tampa Bay, but he's not saying about the football. I think that he goes to the West Coast for sure. Um, I am thinking with Derek Carr's exit that Las Vegas is a very good option for him. Uh, the uh, Tom Brady, Devontae Adams connection like is going to be insane. And they got a lot of young talent there too. I feel like that's the best place. Darren Waller. Um, 
Yes, I think. I think that he. I don't want to say that he goes to San Francisco before the emergence of Brock Purdy. I would say San Francisco was a great option for him, but I think they might try to work with um, their third string quarterback that's playing better than a lot of first strings right now. So I feel like that might be an option, but the only thing that is one thing's for certain, two things for sure. He's not staying in Tampa Bay. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you, Stacy. I agree because the fact that I don't see you know, Tom and them guys, I don't see Tom staying somewhere where he clearly can't play his game and he doesn't have a steady offensive line because I think a lot of people don't understand about Tom Brady. It's yes, he's a hell of a quarterback. Yes, he's the greatest player to ever play the game. Yes, he without question, the greatest quarterback. in the pocket. Yes, he needs time in the pocket. He needs a great offensive line. Tom Brady has had that his entire career. And this year, with without question, it's definitely the ultimate season where he did not have that. And when you don't have that, it creates a lot of hectic. Tom Brady was never one of these mobile quarterbacks. When you think about, honestly, out of that entire era, it was him, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. That's the era. When you think about Drew Brees, Drew Brees as well. Yes. When you think about that era of quarterbacks and you think about how it all pretty much is with everything and how pretty how everything plays out well, you think about it as this. It's, it's straight like this, in my opinion. I look at it as if Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, and Brett Favre were like the only quarterbacks who really ran out the pocket like that. Mainly Ben and AR, though. You know, you look at highlights of young Ben. You look at Aaron Rodgers before this season. You see that a lot in them. Tom Brady was like Peyton Manning, not really mobile. He was just a great passer. He's a great, you know, offensive mind, clearly. Could definitely make a great offensive coordinator anywhere he goes, especially on a professional level. And he didn't have those abilities to move like guys like Ben, AR, and all these other guys who came after him now in today's league with the mobility, you know? So when you have that, you got to think about it from – when you have that problem with Tom Brady, you got to think about it from this. He's eventually going to need more support, if not more – okay, more reliable support around him as he will continue to play if he does mm -hmm. because his abilities to be able to run were practically not existing his whole career. And even though he is, I believe – He's not – he's getting older. He's getting older. And when you are getting older, it's going to be a problem. It's going to even be more of a problem. I I still think Tom, like, the arm is still there for Tom. I don't know what everyone else mm -hmm. is talking about. I need everyone to stop talking about Tom Brady with his mobility, with his mobility like he was a Ben Roethlisberger, because we both know those are two whole different players, different styles and everything. The mobility part was a better argument with Ben because we're used to seeing Ben shrug off tackles, throw the ball down the field, you know, run for yardage and things like that. But as he got older, that's 
started to get limited. That was a better argument. But Tom Brady was never that type of quarterback. Brady has always been an in-pocket passer. He's always been a quarterback that sat in the pocket, waited for things to get open, because he had the offensive line his entire career that was able to allow him to do that. But when you don't, and when you do things like that, it becomes problematic when you're not able to do things like that. Correct me. It becomes problematic for Tom Brady because now it's going to force him to have to play a game that he's never played in over 21 years of playing football. This is his 22nd, 23rd season in the league. He has, he's been playing almost as, almost as long as I've been born. That is damn near 24 years in this league. But I mean, I, guess I was born in 99. He came 2000 straight like that, and he did he sit his first year? Maybe, maybe not, but I know 2001, the Pats went on that Super Bowl run, and the rest is history. But, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how the life That you need to, I mean, not to take anything away from Tom, like Tom is goaded, been goaded. Yes. I'm that from him. But do you think that begs the question of, like, if you are a front office of a football team, do you need to start considering not only the longevity of these quarterbacks, but also consider do you want and or need a mobile quarterback? Like, I think I think I it's feel. straight. Um, teams need mobile quarterbacks now. The game has a mobile quarterback type game. Now, it's Definitely. evident that Tom Brady has been or is a pocket quarterback and has had great protection because he's still playing 20 years later. You know, you don't see playing more than 10 years in the league, mobile quarterbacks, because they expose themselves to a lot of punishment. They're taking a lot of hits. They get a lot of injuries throughout their career with that mobility. That's just where it's shifting to. So if you're a front office person, of course you're going to get a mobile quarterback. That's what the game is now. That's how it is. That's how you're going to win games. Look at the Eagles. They finally got in rhythm with Jalen Hurts. He's a mobile quarterback. They're on top of the world right now. But we touched on this last week. As a personal, as a quarterback, personally, with that information you've been given, are you going to dedicate yourself to fully being a mobile quarterback, knowing that it's literally going to cut your longevity longevity in the league in half and develop become a hybrid quarterback because after Tom Brady retires being a pocket quarterback only is not going to be an option that's like obsolete almost at this point you yeah. have to have some sort of mobility but yes. at the detriment of what so i feel like that kind of answers that question because the nfl is a business and they're going to do what's going to get butts in the seat and money and dollars in them pockets. So, of course, they're going and to get it is, Yes. Yes. Stays. Um, not to cut you off, sis. It is. No. Uh, and, yeah, that's how the NFL's always been. It's been always been a what have you done for me lately, Lee. But you could definitely argue with Tom Brady. What did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do for them heading into this year? Because that offensive line is atrocious. And we could actually but get more into the coaching as well with Tampa Bay because they did depart ways with brunch, which is something I feel we're going to get into when we wrap up these other games in the wild card. But slowly but surely, the end of Tom Brady is starting to come. Unlike many football fans, I'm going to be pretty sad about it because it's real hard for me to watch the league.
now without Big Ben, without, you know, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, the guys that I grew up on, um, to now having to look at life after Tom Brady. It's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard, even though we're all getting tired of him going Super Bowls, tired of him winning them when he's there or when or damn near when he's there, you know. But when you see to be able to witness greatness like that motivates you to be like, there's no limits. You know, everyone has his time, but you have to make the most of it. And that's how to sum up Tom Brady's career, regardless of what happens from here on and out, whether he stays another year or whether he calls it quits and go and produce this great deal that he got going on with Fox, which is a $375 million deal for the next 10 years. Or maybe it's more than that, but it's at least that. So he's collecting at least, at least has $37.5 million already waiting for him. And when you have all of that and when you have all it yeah when you have all of that on the mat and you are in a position where you have nothing else to play for nothing else to prove to anybody not only in this you know not only in the game of football but in the sports industry period everyone knows who tom brady is everyone knows he's the greatest of all time in a quarterback position at this rate without question everyone everyone knows that Tom Brady, anywhere Tom Brady goes, the team will be a threat by default because it's Tom Brady who brings out the best in his players. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that this year because the fact that a lot of people, you know, he just didn't have enough pieces around him. The offensive line really wasn't there. The run game was terrible. And honestly, the the matchup between him and the Cowboys, the Cowboys should have won that game, in which they did because Tampa Bay was outmatched. Like, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, I get what people say coach. about that, but Brady's age come into play. Um, the Cowboys had the better O-line. The Cowboys had the better run game. And to me, Dallas did have the better defense. And you know what they say. A good run game could create a good offense. Defense wins champion – in offense, by the way, wins games. Defense wins championships. And that was the X factor. It's not only scoring enough points to win a game, but having a defense to limit Tom Brady out of all quarterbacks to the amount to the you know to the minimum that they did. That that creates a lot, you know, that creates a lot of you, that that would create a lot of controversy within the locker room. But that's all I have to say about that. If it is the end of Tom Brady, Tom you know it was even as a Steelers fan it was awesome watching you play it was awesome you know you to be able to, to achieve the milestones that you achieve redefining what the quarterback position is what greatness is in all sports not unapologetically being who you are Brady the person the man the father and the player it's it was great and I'm going to get a it's little emotional. Honest, I thought you were talking about the husband issue. I don't yeah. know why. I'm kind of I'm kind of breaking down a little right now because I'm getting a little emotional because the game won't be the same. He's a true generational talent. It's a generational talent. Yeah. Like Tom Brady's a once-in-a-lifetime person in sports to me. I don't think as great as the next generation is going to be, and I believe my boys, even with Kenny, is in great hands. Obviously, more development is going to be coming, and we're going to definitely get into that. 
this as well. But as great as Tom Brady was, or or is, you know, it it might be time for them all to hang it up. It might be time for everybody to hang it up because you know every everyone has a time where it's time to hang it up, and maybe it's time for Tom, or maybe it's time for him to shop for another. We go from there, but we shall see. But if this is it. We talked Thank about this last week. What else does he really have to lose in his personal life? Nothing. I mean, he got he. Had, it, it's not even his personal life. What does he have to lose, or or what else does he have left? What to does he have to gain from keep playing at this point? That's the real question. Which yes. is nothing. You've done well, it. All. I mean, he's got to sit at home done it like, From here on, no, out, he can take he his butt to the broadcast him. booth. He could still make his life about football without yes. physically being on the he already field. Has, yes, he's already has a deal with Fox. He has a three at least a hundred and I mean, yeah, a three hundred and seventy-five million dollar deal for for a decade worth of a deal, ten years with Fox. So he's already set for life at the football. They're just waiting for him to retire to join him and them guys in the booth. But I just know. Fox is really going to take over. Fox NFL Sunday is really going to take over a lot of game days when TB12 hit that booth because a lot of people are looking to hear what he will have to say about the current guys in the league now. A and lot he's of people personable he and he's funny, which we didn't yes. know when he was in um, New England. Well, yeah, it's a real short culture. Because they're there. not allowed really to have that much of a personality. Mm-hmm. They're not. And I like I said before, I was personally shocked at how funny Peyton Manning is. And even Eli. They both just seem real when they're on the field. But personally, like off of the field when they're doing their thing, like I'm like, huh, I'm entertained by you. Yes. I can continue to do this. Yes, I oh, definitely agree. I know. Quick shout out to Jay Spence. He's been like blowing well, there's only two comments in there by him, but he's out here interacting with us. So I appreciate him. Oh, there's a chat. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Answer comment. Um, yeah, that's that's why we doing live to hear what the people got say. But yeah, Tom, great career. Either way, this gonna whether he plays anymore or not for the first time in over twenty two years, if not nearly twenty three, twenty four years, Tom Brady for the rest of his life will be playing with house money when it comes to playing the game of football because he's the only player that will play another down if he does with nothing to gain nothing to lose or everything to gain and nothing to lose straight like that because he will have no high expectations because of his age lack of mobility that was never there to begin with and you know it's just straight like that you're Tom Brady what they're going to say You've lost games before. You lost them again. You you've been you know you've won championships before, seven of them. You might win one again. It it's you know no one can. Take I think now he won't quit until he. I think he refuses to go out unless he goes out on top. If he goes to the Raiders, Jay Spence the King, I one hundred percent agree with you. I don't know if you caught the part earlier why I said he's most likely. Yeah, that's my buddy Raiders, JJ. More sense, but um, if he goes there, I think he has all the tools that he needs to um, take it there with the Raiders if he chooses to go. And I think after he does that, then he might actually wrap it up because I mean. What did they say? Yeah. What did they say? I He's forgot which home. comic it is. 
you um either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And football is the same thing. Or instead of becoming a live villain, you live long enough to see yourself be sorry. And you don't want to do that. So he is going to have his moment one more time. And I think against his better judgment, he will go ahead and bow out then gracefully. I think so, too. I think so, too. But, yeah, congrats to the Dallas Cowboys, Dell, for advancing. Um, we're going to get a little more into Dak as we head on. It was a hell of a game for him. He had five touchdowns, one rushing, four throwing, you know, passes. C.D. Lamb had a pretty good game. Tony Pollard, you know, had a good game. Ezekiel Elliott, it's the, you know, it's digressing, but he's still impactful. And the Cowboys defense is just proving more and more that they're legit, they're real, and they're here to stay, straight like that. But, um, yeah, we talked about the Bucks and the Cowboys. We talked about let's go with the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. That game went to the wire. I mean. But I feel like didn't all of us call this with Buffalo? I feel like all of us agreed on this. That Buffalo was going to win. Yeah. But we, but I, I don't know. I thought, okay, I expected more from the Bills' offense. That I expected. But Miami, if Tua is healthy, come next year, and he could stay you healthy. Yeah, yeah. We we heard you pretty good, girl. Oh, so but, I just did all of that talking. Oh, wait. What's the last thing you heard me say? Listen, Not what you just said, you gave JJ a shout out and you came back and you was asking, did we hear you? We told you, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have been talking and no one has heard anything I said. But the first thing I said is Dallas better enjoy that for the next four days because 49 is about to bounce that ass right on the five. Oh, here. Stay so that no, anyway, and I also this, said that. You ain't going to do this, Stacey. <laughs> And also, also not the I hair flip though. Not the about the bill. The hair right. flip. Because I mean that means I stand on it and I stand on it and I listen. I agree with that take now, now also still... what I was saying. Stacey went out of us again and I was excited. Well, you had the hair flip and everything. Right. Wait, so you can't hear me now? I can hear, we can you, hear now, you now, but you went out after the hair flip. But we talking about the forty. We talking oh. about the Bills and the Dolphins game right now, though. Yeah, I, I moved on to that. This is this Wi-Fi shit is so ghetto. Hey y'all, I'm out in the country. I'm gonna drop my cash app if y'all want to, you know, help me get Verizon FiOS or whoever will come out here to the country because I can't continue to live life this way. Anyway, <laughs> so um, at Darn That's J on IG for details. Please hit me up. Um, each one teach one, save a life. Give one, save a life. Anyway, so the Bills. I'm concerned because they almost got beat by a Dolphins team with a third string quarterback. This is the Man, Bills team that we projected that to win the Super Bowl. Wait, can you hear they me? They still my pick. I'm still picking Buffalo. You want to know why? Because I don't see no one else in the AFC that's capable of stopping them right now. That listen, Chiefs. Josh Allen. Oh, not the Chiefs, me. but not the NFC. Talk me out. No, the AFC. They're my pick to go to Super Bowl. Still, you want to know why? This whole damn conference is looking shaky right now. 
it ain't just it ain't just the bills. The bills to me are slowly but surely finding their way back. How they looked the beginning of the season when Josh Allen was taking care of the football better, but he struggled during that game against the Dolphins to take care of the football, and that could cause concern. But I'm a I'm gonna say this. I don't see it in I don't see really much in the AFC this year. Team that's really shown me much. Well, Kansas City's shown me what they've been showing me for the past four to five years. But then you got, huh? Then you got the Jaguars. That's all who's shown me more than I thought they had. What? I don't see it in. I don't see it in. You know who? We ain't gonna mention names up here. And we're going to get into that game after this game. I and, and I'll pose you the question. Do you think that some of the, these performances are being affected by an 18-week season? Um, no. Yeah, I'm going to say no because we saw better performances last season. So what happened? The added game, she's saying. But they added it last season, too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-mm. So, no, I just think that maybe just slowly but surely teams ain't as much as we thought they were. I'm ready to have that conversation, Kayla. I'm just here with questions on today. Um, so I got. So I got on that. I mean, I'm indifferent on it um i mean i'm i'm here to see how long we can go with this 18 weeks um on top of keeping training camp as long as it is um and you know see how you know players continue to react to it i mean i'm just saying you know noticing how tua has been doing i mean we haven't seen lamar in a couple of weeks uh, I mean, yeah. that, you know, the whole Bills situation still hanging and looming in the air from their Monday night game. I, mean, oh. I That's the only reason I'm saying do you think that plays a role? Because, I mean, that also oh. puts more stress on your strength and conditioning team as well as your nutrition team and all the adjustments that they have to make off the field to make sure, um, I mean, not even just your strength and conditioning, your nutritionist, but also, also your athletic training staffs, you know, how much they have to adjust and accommodate what they're doing in the off season and as far as treatment for certain players. Yeah. But I'm, I'm interested. Um, I'm more interested to see how those supporting staffs need to evolve and adjust to making sure guys are good all season. Of course, of course. Like, you know, I'm going to just straight up say this. That Bills and Dolphins game, though, had me shook. That Bills and Dolphins game definitely had me shook because much better. That Bills and Dolphins game definitely had me shook because I expected the Bills to win that game indefinitely, but I did not expect the Dolphins to put up as big as they put up with practically almost half of their defense injured, Tua being out, offensive line was a little shaky, but – 
what that taught me is how dangerous this Dolphins team can really be if Tua was there. You know, and I think they're gonna have a lot of set. And the thing is, in the, they didn't in even the need to in that game. Mike McCarthy, not Mike McCarthy, Lord McDaniel lost that game for them. Yeah, they were a bad clock management away from winning that game. Yes, Mike McDaniel took them out of it without versa with another with all the team. With every, we, yeah, so that's why I'm like, it builds. You, you're not saying you you haven't been exposed to fake like fakes like the Vikings every year, which we're gonna get to. But it's just like uh, that makes me a little nervous. Just saying. Yeah, it does. But that's divisional games. Divisional games are gonna be extremely close because no one knows you as much as your divisional rivals. And I think the Bills and the Dolphins, especially if Tua stay healthy, is, is going to be the biggest rival in that division for years to come. It is, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, and for the record, while we're here, I would like to say I had a great conversation with a dear friend of mine who was a um, – a, the people – Lord, why did I just draw a blank – the um the sports doc, the the people on the sideline that do the the medical people medical person for the trainer sports trainer Athletic he was a trainer girl you smart anyway he was a um, <laughs> trainer and everything for the Vikings and the Texans and I asked him specifically about Tua and he said if he was in charge of that program Tua would need to sit a full calendar year. Not the rest of the season, <laughs> not for a month or two. Hundred and sixty-five of the good ladies, and if that went into the next season, then he also be after. There wouldn't even have a chance. But That's like you saying. said, well, let me let me. I want y'all to see my face when I say that this. But like you said at the top of the show, or at least the top of the show for me, the NFL is a business. It is. That front office don't care about the calendar year and the good Lord's days. They, they don't care. <laughs> if Tua is back, that means more tickets get sold. That means more money is being spent and in their pockets. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, but any more thoughts on that Bills and Dolphins game before we move on of the Vikings to their upsetting loss versus the Giants? Now nah, I'm wrapped on the, on the Bills and and the the Dolphins. Y'all got y'all listen. Y'all made it through by the skin of your teeth. Don't waste this opportunity, Bills. Anyway. Please, y'all my pick Buffalo. I wish JJ was still here because he know I picked them Bills and I'm gonna ride with them. Bills Mafia. But even though I'm a Steelers fan, but I'm Bills Mafia for this postseason. I'm rooting for them because I feel their fans deserve it all. And I'm going to get to more of that when we get down the road for this podcast because there's a lot more to talk about. Like this past Sunday game, I believe it was, it was the New York Giants traveling to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to say because I was in Jersey native. And again. Yes. I picked the Giants to win that game. I picked the Giants because I said I did not trust the Vikings defense 
versus Saquon Barkley, especially that run defense. And I told everybody that Saquon Barkley, when healthy, will be problematic for a lot of defenses in the NFC in the NFC conference period because outside of the 49ers, everybody's defense has showed me some type of suspect. Everybody's defense. And when you have a player like, you know, Saquon Barkley, the team is going to revolve around you as it should, and it will make people around you step their game up and become better. And which it did for Mr. Danny Dimes himself, you know, Daniel Jones, who had an exceptional game. I think he put on a better show than any of us three or anyone watching that game, including Giant fans themselves would have thought. And he had an impressive game. We, we got to give him some props here. He was, without question, the better quarterback on the football field that Sunday in Minnesota with the least amount of weapons around within talent. You had your Kirk Cousins. You had Justin Jefferson. You had Adam Thielen. You had Dalvin Cook. You had enough weapons. You had, without question, in my opinion, this season, the best wide receiver this year in Justin Jefferson. And you chose to do absolutely nothing with him when he when he had the Giants defenses, anybody who they was who they threw on him, he had him beat up top. You chose to do Jack. You chose to do nothing. You chose to just straight up to say, you know what? Forget it. What do I have to lose? You're the number two seed in the NFC. You are one game away from possibly hosting the NFC championship game. What do you have to lose? Home field advantage, the playoffs, your season, you know, proving doubt your ability and your rights to prove doubters wrong, to shut doubters up who did not have any type of faith in you at all heading into the playoffs. Kirk Cousins, to me, showed everyone exactly who everyone expected him to be this past, you know, this past wildcard round in the playoffs at home. He did not show up. He didn't. He did not. You were not the better quarterback, and you arguably on paper played the weakest link of the quarterback position heading into that game. Arguably, behind, you know, so was the completing. Throwing up games that. Game. That's the game. Yes. Like he was a magic luck committed to the game. He was playing terribly before that. Yes. And you know what? Yeah. It's just crazy. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Stacey? I'm just gonna say this. Congrats to the New York Giants coming from a New Jersey native, even though I'm a Steelers fan. Congrats to the New York Giants. You know, good luck in Philadelphia this weekend because you're going to need it. You're going to need that Danny Dimes to step his game up just a little more just to get to the NFC Championship. You know, the the New York Giants is a perfect example of so far of you get us in the dance, anything can happen. And, well, it happened. No one had the Giants beating the Minnesota Vikings at home. Everyone thought it was Minnesota's time, et cetera, et cetera. Big Blue just said, no. Not not today. This is our time. Our fans deserve at least a playoff win, and that's where we're going to give them. So congrats to the New York Giants, and go Big Blue. You guys can take it away from here. Well, no one expected the Giants to make the playoffs, and no one expected the Giants to win more than seven games. So exactly. 
their season has been nothing short of extraordinary. So super kudos to them. I do think that this is where it ends for them, but it's not shameful at all. At all. I am actually excited to see them, to watch them next season, because now you know that they're not to be played with at all. Right. And they're so that's how I feel better. about it. I mean, we already knew that the Falcons, that the Falcons, Lord, that the Vikings, <laughs> Falcons North, that the Vikings were fugazi. Anyway, like it's our fault for expecting more out of the Vikings. Actually, <laughs> actually, it's all our fault. I don't even blame the Vikings. I don't blame Kirk O'Chains. We drunk the Kool Aid. Kirk <laughs> got on a plane with some chains on and did a jig up and down the center aisle, and we bought it. And we drunk the Kool Aid. And now we all looking stupid. State, so are you taking back his invite to the cookout is what I'm hearing? Oh, honey, I never invited him. You got to do more than that to get my invite to the cookout. I work hard on my potato salad. <laughs> I don't just be handing out invites to the cookout like that. That's that Gen, that's, that's that Gen Z stuff. And had grilled chicken. Don't forget no that shade, one. No shade, no tea to all the Gen Zers out there. Listen, listen, he, he, he can come to the work potluck, but he's not coming to the cookout. Not the work potluck because I'm I'm not a, I don't accept the calendar invite for the work potluck. I'm sorry. <laughs> At all. That's why he can go because I ain't gonna be there. <laughs> what will my man <laughs> say? I ain't gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. Um Kayla, your thoughts on the game? What stood out to you? I, I don't even remember who I picked last week in all honesty. It's it's I've slept a little bit since then. But I mean, I think it was already said. Why? Why would you bet against a healthy Saquon? Like that's he's uh, he's not human. Why would I you? What it is is everyone believed in Kirk Cousins. No one really believed in Daniel Jones. But what I saw from the Giants, the Giants could be as a New Jersey native. I picked New York to win that game, and I was right. I was right. But okay, lady. So we recap: Tampa Bay and Dallas. We did talk about Miami and Buffalo. We did talk about the Chargers and the Jaguars. Um, are we ready to talk about We're the 49ers Baltimore. and the Seahawks? Oh, yes. So the 49ers and the Seahawks. Now, this is another game that no one gave the Seahawks any type of um, faith and any type of hope. We thought it was just going to be a mollywop from the beginning. It was a mollywop in the end. But for the first half, it was really close. I, for a moment, thought Gino was about to pull it out. But yeah. Brock stepped up. Brock put on shocked. his big boy panty draws and shocked the world. He did his thing. And you can't hate on that. And as we were saying before, the 49ers are a very dangerous squad because they have a good enough system in place. Everyone else role has great chemistry to where you can plug a third string quarterback who was the last pick of this past draft. Put him in there and just everything goes crazy in a good yeah. way. So they they like you know the 49ers are good, but I think people really are on like alert now. Like, oh shit, they could do this. Like they got the juice. 
with they a do. third string quarterback. Like, I but said, again, uh, hashtag, um, hashtag black quarterback. Shout out to Gino. He did his thing too. He did the best that he could. He did way more than what was expected of him. He did way better than people expected him to do. Um, he had he had people on their toes for a moment. So, um, giving him his flowers for this season. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, no shame to Geno Smith because we clearly knew the type of pressure he was in heading into this season, replacing someone of a caliber player like Russell Wilson. And not only did you replace him, but you wind up having a better season than him to a point that you did break his passing, you know, his his seasonal record of passing yards. And when you do that and you have an exceptional game. Obviously, the turnover did kind of hurt, but the game was put out the way there. But I'm looking at Geo's, you know, Geno Smith numbers right now. They're really not that bad with the type of team that the Seahawks had. So his, you know, just to recap his stats or his statistics for this game, he did have he did average, you know, 25, obviously 25 completions, 35 out of 35 passing attempts. He did average 253 passing yards in the air, two touchdowns, one interception. So he had a pretty good game against a very great defense in the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks were the one team in the NFC this year that was playing with house money because no one could be there. No one expected them to be in the mix as long as they were. And honestly, they're looking to extend him or looking to resign him back next year. And you and you can't blame them. Because Geno Smith honestly needed that. He needed that. Even though they did lose 41 to 23 in San Francisco, no one expected him to win. And no one expected him to take the 49ers to the limit that they did, at least for the first half. Everyone from the get go expected San Francisco to just run away with it. To just, let's just run away with it. Let's just do, you know, do whatever you want. They were able to do that the second half, but not the first half. Now, we. Look at Brock Purdy's numbers versus, you know, the Seahawks. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother can of worms because now we're talking about someone who went, who threw he three did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. 18 completions out of 30 attempts with 322 yards in the air. Or correct me, 332 yards in the air. So, obviously, Brock Purdy did have a better game, but he also has the better team. With a returning, you know, a returning Debo Samuels, a healthy Christian McCaffrey, a healthy George Kittle, all the guys back on the field healthy, there, to me, what wouldn't be an, an excuse for Brock Purdy to not have a better game, especially being at home against a weakened Seahawks team who pretty much had nothing to lose for the first time in their rival is playing with house money in a matchup, in a postseason matchup, it was it was like whatever you know you do it's you know you do you do you don't you don't for the Seahawks, but for the 49ers, the expectations were obviously up here with based off what we were seeing from them this year and the way we were seeing them. So it's plain as simple as that. But caps off to Pete Carroll, man, he did a hell of a job, and. The Seahawks is going to be a real dangerous team for years to come. I thought they might be coming back. Stacy, Stacy, look at the cap space they got. They got top five in cap space. They got at least three or four draft picks in the first round this year in this upcoming draft. 
that's gonna play out because they could easily oh, the fill out are absolutely coming back. Yes, yes. They're gonna be a problem for years to come. And Gino's Seahawks, gonna lead the way, and I couldn't be happier for him. It's gonna Gino is gonna be someone else, but without question, it's 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 without question. Someone's gonna be here, man. And I can't and I can't help but to be happy for Gino. I can't. And I can't help but to be happy for Pete Carroll with all the heat that he took after the Russell Wilson trade, just for him to get backed up by his former players with how Russell Wilson was treated with special privileges while everyone else just had to step on eggshells to coaching the team up to a nine and eight mm-hmm. record to taking them to the playoffs four and two in the NFC West division, I believe. And, you know, scoring 23 points in a reload and rebuilding phase. is not that bad when you think about it, because who would ever thought that Geno Smith would be, will have a shot at the Super Bowl being in the postseason. No one. Who thought the Seahawks would be as relevant as they are now? No one. So by default, they exceeded expectations. Placing second in their division, even though... But that just goes to show you how important chemistry actually is to a team. Yes. Yes. That's the same team that Russell had. He couldn't get it done. And he's, on paper, the better quarterback than Gino. And, and he ain't getting it done in Denver either. <laughs> and I'm not trying to switch. I'm not trying to switch sports on y'all, but just I ended up having a, a chemistry and culture conversation with some of my players this week as well. Um, and it, it's funny to you know hear their perspective of it as somebody that works in their front office. They notice it just as much as some of us that are on the support staff. Um, I mean, but that's more so because they live and breathe and see it every day. So this is as a front person from the front office to anybody on an NFL front office, listen to your players. I get it's a business, but let them help you. I, I think that's important to pay attention to. Like I said, it was just an open conversation. And I mean, due to respecting that conversation, but and not going into too much detail about that. But if, if front offices were smart, you might want to call some meetings with your players to see how they feel about the culture of the team. You'll, you'll, you'll probably learn a lot more than you, you were expecting to. Well, you know, traditionally that's not how it goes. The football NFL is definitely uh, behind when it comes to player front office relations. The NFL is very much a shut up and play type league. So only recently has it even been a thought to anyone in the front office, hey, maybe we should see how players feel about things before we do things. Because we already already said the third time, we know what they're concerned about. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And feelings don't always equate in that. So hopefully this lesson teaches a lot of front office people that, I mean, sometimes it does make sense. Because now the Broncos and the Seahawks are both looking foolish. Not well, not the Seahawks. The Broncos are looking foolish. Yeah, they are. Um, they really are. 
I don't even know. Like Denver's practically, if the Russell Wilson experiment does not work for these next four to five years, they're screwed. All their draft capital went to the Seahawks. Like they got one draft pick or two back from the Miami Dolphins, but you got way bigger problems on this team than Russell Wilson. And you're going to have to find somebody to not only, you might not only be shopping for a new quarterback, you could possibly be out here shopping. You know, you're going to have to shop to replace um, Bradley Chubb, who you traded away. That's going to be problematic. And that's going to be a tall, tall task to fill because at this rate, if you're the Broncos, you don't know where to go. You really pretty much lost all your pull to even rebuild or do anything because you're screwed. It's plain Well, they interviewed Sean Payton, so I guess they're hoping he could help. <laughs> huh. They better land him because whew, it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be some couple of dark days or dark years in Denver if this Russell Wilson yes. experiment does not play out well. But the future is, without question, bright in Seattle. So I'm excited to see the Seahawks next year and see what they're going to do this offseason. Um, Kayla, any more thoughts before we move on to the final wild card game? Nope, let's go for it. So, ladies, are we ready to talk about AFC North football, how that game played out? One of the most craziest, the game pretty much sealed from one of the most craziest thoughts that we or plays that we have ever seen in postseason history, where the Cincinnati Bengals, or I would say the Trash Natty Bagels, defeated the Baltimore Ravens. But you said that with your whole chest, though. Oh, barely. Hey, hey, listen, it is what it is. Where they defeated the Baltimore Ravens. 24 to 20, you know, 24 to 17 in Cincinnati to win their second playoff game in 34 seasons at home. Their second home playoff game in 34 seasons. Are we really going to? Okay. See, I got to think about this. Who are we going to give more credit to? Are we going to give more credit? Because I can't give credit to the Bengals offense for that game. I can't. You shit the bed. But I could give credit, though. I can't give credit to the Ravens offense because you cost your team the game. So now the ultimate question is, are we going to look at John Harbaugh? Or are we going to look at the Bengals' defense for playing exceptional football, even though giving up 17 points to a backup quarterback? But whatever happens, AFC North football, are we going to give their defense the credit for that game? Or are we just going to give the credibility, the credibility, correct me, the credibility, the, the credibility to the Ravens for their utter stupidity, arrogance and stupidity, not giving Jacob Dobbins the damn football when he was playing exceptional. Him nor Gus Edwards got the damn football the last few plays of those drives and did not get it when you were at the damn two-yard line against a top seven defensive line in the, in the Cincinnati Bengals, a.k.a. the trash Cincinnati Bengals. What the hell were the Ravens thinking? Why would you put a backup quarterback in that position? Tyler Huntley, yes, he was wrong for not going underneath. 
like he was supposed to in the quarterback sneak. But why but are you quarterbacks taking like- it yards away from the damn end zone when you had Gus Edwards, you know, J.K. Dobbins all sitting right there punishing this Bengals defense? Punishing them. You had Cincinnati where you wanted them, and you just blew it off of stupidity. Then look at John Harbaugh and his clock management. Thank God, they, you know, well, it sucks as a Steeler fan that they grew a brain and fired Greg Rowan, you know, Greg Rowan or Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator. But it's it was time for them to fire him because you're just a damn mess. His yeah. play calling was just a hot mess. And I think right. people like him is what saved Matt Canada's job, which is what we're going to get into more down the road. But are we ready to talk about the fact gag that- is the gag is the so what can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you well, Stace. I don't know who I'm gonna Hello? give more credit to the Bengals front seven or okay. the Ravens. I don't know. I'm shocked that the game well, no, got because that the ball. gag is the the Ravens almost won the game. Like they yes. were maybe three or four inches away from losing the game. And if that, and this is my interpretation of that Hail Mary play, the everyone of course bunches and gathers up at the front of the end zone. There was no one at the back of the end zone except for that one Ravens player who was not tracking the ball properly and did not see that ball coming. He reacted too late to the ball coming. I feel like if he was paying better attention, he could have caught that ball. He almost put a hand on it. That's how close he was. And that game yes. would have went to OT. I think they should have ran the ball, though. I think Gus Edwards that game and Jacob Dobbins were both averaging two and a half to three yards against a defense that was ranked top 10 in the run. I think the Ravens went away from what worked. They should have ran the damn football, and they did not. You can't ask Tylen Huntley to be Lamar. Jackson. He's not. He's a backup. You have him sit behind Lamar for a reason. If he was Lamar Jackson, you wouldn't you wouldn't be negotiating deals with Lamar Jackson. You wouldn't be making all these moves now, like firing the OC, you know, getting some offensive line with something you should have been been doing because you already had your quarterback for nearly half a decade now. You you shouldn't this is ridiculous with the Ravens. So honestly. Credit to the Bengals front seven, but that's all I'm giving credit to because I ain't giving credit to that secondary. That secondary and that offense against in Cincinnati, they both are getting a damn F, a F for that performance. That was horrible, awful performances. A fumble, an interception. You think you about to just walk your happy daffy? And I wish I had the video, ladies. Because we're actually going to bring in, we actually going to bring up that video. We should actually bring up that video because a former Bengal had a lot to say I wish about somebody else. Right yeah, a former Bengal had a lot to say about somebody else's quarterback this year. Oh, uh, so we're going to definitely be talking about that a lot heading into this. We're definitely going to be talking about that a lot because, you know what? What are y'all thoughts on that game? Because I pretty much already summed up my thoughts. I kind of already told you mine, too. The, uh, the, I was looking at the Bengals like I was looking at the Bills. Like, 
They were literally inches away from potentially losing that game. The second string quarterback, yeah. someone they had no business losing to. So it's like, no. it, Mercury is Ravens, out of retrograde. I mean, the Ravens had a third string quarterback whatever. Yeah, okay. oh, well, he's a third string quarterback. Either way it goes, they... it's not Lamar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to need both of y'all to run that back because for me, y'all were overlapping, so I didn't hear neither of you. I just said that the Ravens beat themselves. But I got to give credit to the Bengals for capitalizing. Or I'm going to give credit to the Bengals front seven for capitalizing. Agreed. Because I can't give credit to anyone else in Cincinnati. I can't. That was a shitty performance. It would literally hurt you. It would pain you to do so. Honestly, I would give credit (laughs) if their their offense would have been what they've been talking themselves up to be that game. I understand the Ravens is a great defense. I know that. But come on, man. Shout out to number 50, Justin Houston. Come on, man. Really? It's also nah. Justin Houston fan account. Yes, because he's he, any he's... former Colts stand account. Anybody that put on that damn. No, no we, we, can't say any, we can't say any. It's <laughs> just certain right? ones. But Justin Houston, oh. he got mad at me for showing out other people and not him. So I, I have to I have to shout him out. Just this for the one time. Well, I hope he was. I hope he's viewing this podcast because ooh. he will get the link. He will get the link once we are finished here on today. Definitely, I think so. Definitely, I'm just glad we're live now because it's on YouTube. But yeah, I really believe that. Yeah, that was a game. That was a hell of a game, though. Um, it came down to the wire. I think. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, you are making the right move so far by firing Greg Roman and hiring a real offensive coordinator. Um, but I still think that they should make more moves this offseason. They're slowly but surely, like I said, is getting back to the Raven team. I'm always hate the damn Ravens because I'm a Steeler fan, but I respect the Ravens unlike another team. And it's just straight like that. They're getting back to the Raven team that I grew up watching, that I watched my team rival with slowly but surely. But I think another major step they need to take outside of firing Greg Roman, which they already did, is paying Lamar Jackson that money. They got to pay him because you get can't lose paid, games off. young man. Get paid. Yes. You can't lose games off of stupid crap like that. And if that – there's no way. And I know if I'm John Harbaugh, I'm thinking like, yo, yeah, we got to have to get this guy his money because I'm not going to keep losing playoff games or games I should be – winning or I should have won because people can't capitalize on plays but if you're hardball you got to know what you have enough to know how to use it at the crucial moments and when you are at the two damn yard line and you know you got down there because you're running game and you got at least three backs that can that can and will punch that defense in the mouth you got to use that to your advantage but there's going to be some concerns heading into this division around which we're going to get into but any more thoughts before we move on to LeBron James? Nope. Only thing I want to say is RG2, RG3 put out a tweet 
that said um that pretty much validated Lamar Jackson and everything that he's doing. He said, hold out for as long as you can get your money now, because he thought it was best for him to play on his knee when he was hurt. And it was, it ended his career before his career even really started. So he said, same thing I said, get paid Lamar. Don't worry about all this money. They'll be all right. Get your money. Take care of you. They should value you next time. And that's it. And I think that's why Lamar just might get his money because they're not going to keep losing games like that. Mm-hmm. And think Ravens flock is not going to say nothing. Because if not, and they do, and it's and result of games like that keep ending the way that it ended, you know, this past Sunday, John Harbaugh just might be another name you might have to look out for for that hot seat. Just saying. But moving on to... going to be playing, co- coaching college ball. <laughs> With his if brother. so, if there, if that, but moving on to the Lakers with LeBron James, aging like fine wine, um, has Father Time finally caught up to LeBron James? LeBron's Do been playing well, believe? actually. Yeah. So. I mean, it's the LeBron effect. It's the Tom Brady effect. They're actually, it's the both same type of story. Every year after you start getting a certain age, people literally start not praying for your downfall, but they speak your downfall upon you. And you have to look at how much responsibility LeBron has on his team. He is yes. playing way. He's, he, he's arguably the pioneer of, if not, the first extreme advocate of load management. He won't be able to do that on this Lakers team if they want to get anywhere. So I think that would play just as much as a fact, a role or a factor in uh, his game and his health as his age at this point. At this point, he dug the Lakers out of a hole. It was scary hours for the Lakers earlier this season. We all knew it and we weren't expecting a lot out of them. And they got to the point where they started losing close games and he's playing very well and the team finally looks like they have a little bit of chemistry but we're barely at the middle of the season has a whole half to go outside of playoffs so um i think that it would eventually catch up with him father time will eventually catch up with him later on in the season right now i think he's fine but i think because of what is required of him to sustain this team it's it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna last. It's not. Um, I already said that the Lakers should definitely already be looking to a rebuilding, rebuilding, reloading phase because they're gonna need it for the near future. Which I don't think I don't see LeBron playing beyond the next year or two. So they should definitely be shopping for life after LeBron. In my opinion, I'ma just say that LeBron James is though aging like fine wine, like many would say. Father time is not caught on to him. Caught up to him yet, but it would def it's definitely coming sooner rather than later, without question. I just think that you know it's gonna catch up to him eventually because the lack of depth that the Lakers have as a team is just not there, not it, not enough for him, not enough for it to not catch up to him. That's if he stays in LA. And yeah, that's really what I think. But the time for that is without question, not now. Kayla, any thoughts before we move on? I mean, I'm I'm looking at 
the game leaders for this game against the Kings the other day. And for the Lakers, it's him. 32 points, eight rebounds, and nine assists. Um, and not that I, I'm not saying that to disagree with you, Shay, about, you know, Father Time catching up with him because what, Bron just turned 38 not too long ago? Um, but I mean, I'm also looking at it from a standpoint of how old is Tom? 40 some, 40 plus, And he's playing a more aggressive sport of, you know, having people come at you in at 300 pounds and tackling you. Um, but I feel, I'm, but I feel like both him and Tom are stubborn in the fact that they want to keep playing to prove that they're him. Um, in their sports, respectively. Um, so I feel like for from that standpoint of both of them being stubborn, LeBron is not going anywhere, and LeBron is going to make sure he's doing what he needs to do to stay healthy to keep going. Yeah. I think LeBron is going to stay long enough as four people thought he was joking. I always knew he was serious. He play a season. He's all already playing sons of of um other basketball players he's already playing the sons of other basketball players which is wild but um he is playing long enough to play with Bronny and I think once he plays professionally with Bronny then he will retire I think that is literally was fueling him and willing him to be the healthiest that he can be and still play the top level and be um in the league yeah, definitely agree. So, question though, and this is kind of an off the wall question, take it how you may. Do you think that we will hear of any similar personal issues that Tom went through with LeBron if he keeps going? As far as in his, uh, with, with, Queen Savannah? Yes, ma'am. I think they have a different understanding than Tom and Giselle had. The issue that Tom and Giselle had is Tom told Giselle that he was going to retire. And he did retire. And then he said, I should ride. And then went back. I would be mad at that, too. I think it's a different conversation that LeBron has had with Savannah. Savannah already knows what to expect. And they're aligned with that. I don't think Tom and Giselle were aligned on realistically aligned on the expectations of one another when it came to the respective sport. Tom, they had an agreement. Tom didn't hold up his end of the bargain. And I mean, now he's suffering the consequences. Well, yes. Um, that's really what it is. So I already said everything I had to say about that. Uh, Kayla, any more thoughts? Nope, I, I have put in all my thoughts and questions. The only thing that I didn't insert in there was prayers. <laughs> all right, so I guess we're going to to the next question, which is a topic I'm really looking forward to getting to. The damn Steelers, and I really hope um, a lot, I really hope the people watch right now, Steelers fans, because I know the next question is going to be is, what, you know, what are my thoughts on the Steelers bringing back OC Matt Canada? 
pain. Pain. I don't know what the hell this Pittsburgh Steelers are out here smoking, bringing that guy out of everyone back. You know, Terrell Austin, I understand. First year, new defense, new system, injuries in and out because of the deficiencies of the offense, being on the field too much as a defense. You know, it being Brian Flores first year as the assistant defensive coach, you know, it could definitely be a little rocky, but the Steelers' defense has shown strides when healthy when not healthy without question. But are we ready to have the damn conversation about Matt Canada being back in Pittsburgh for another year? I understand that his contract has expired, but there to me is no reason why, no reason in hell why Matt Canada should be bought back. What what's the purpose of that? What is really the damn purpose of Matt Canada being back there? What's the purpose of that? Let me let me give y'all some statistics. Your twenty fifth in rushing, in rushing yards this year. Even though Najee Harris averaged a thousand yard over a thousand yards for the second consecutive season. Then let's look right at the fact that your offense. Ladies and gentlemen, your offense, 30 damn second in red zone conversions and points average in the red zone. 30 damn second. That is dead last in the league. Then let's look at then let's look at then let's look at your 29th now in points. 31st in offense, in offensive passing yards, in offensive yards at all. Are we, uh, are you serious? You want to know what's a joke? That's a joke right there. To me, Art Rooney, Art Rooney II, Mike Tomlin, and Omar Khan, you, without question, have slapped the entire city of Pittsburgh in the face. You have slapped Steeler Nation in the face. You have slapped all the Yinzers in the face. You have slapped the players in the damn face. You have slapped Art Rooney, your father and your grandfather, in the damn face with a move like this. Hey, man, I just want a quarterback under the age of 35 and figure out who's coaching my coach. That's all I want. This ain't about your coach. We, we can get into that another episode. But the, the, ooh, I, I can't believe it. I I'm I'm pissed off and I'm and, and you know I'm disgusted, but I can't say I'm surprised because the Steelers don't know how Art Rooney just doesn't understand when and how to rip the damn bandage off before it's too late. You're wasting Kenny's prime years with this mess. And you're wasting our defense's prime years with this mess. We clearly see that the elephant in the room is Matt Canada. The defense sees it. The special team sees it. The damn kicker is calling you out. The kicker looking at you dead in the face and saying, we didn't win this game because of you. A kicker? A kicker. I, I get I get it. It's Chris Boswell. I, I understand that. Trust me, Steeler Nation. 
I, I understand that it's Matt. I understand that. I understand Chris Boswell, to me, the second best kicker in football behind Justin Tucker. Without question. I'm not just going off of one season. I'm going off of consecutive seasons. Tucker's the only one who I feel that can give Boswell a run for his money. I understand that. But the fact that that's the first time in my life as a Steeler fan that a kicker is looking the offensive coordinator dead in the face after he was celebrating with the players saying, we did not win this game because of you. Right there, tell me everything I need to know. You had your former quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, on a podcast calling out the system in Pittsburgh at the beginning of the season when he was defending Mitchell Trubisky, even though Trubisky being benched for Pickett is the best damn thing move. It's the best damn move the Steelers have made so far since signing, since extending Minka this offseason. Then, then let's look. Well, at Shay Ryan Platt says, blame the Roonies. They don't want to pay someone to sit at home. Trey Flocka says, as long as we got Kenny, we'll be okay. Just pull the I can't hear you car and call his own plays. I agree. Thanks, Ryan and Trey. I agree. I definitely agree with them. Um, those are my guys. You know, them. I understand where they're coming from, but we need a real offensive coordinator. We need someone that's going to put Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, Pat Firemove, Deontay Johnson, who needs to have a bounce back here this year. George Pickens and better Connor Hayward, Zach Gentry, and better positions to succeed. And you cannot succeed in the past happy league nowadays with the same bullshit three to five freaking plays every single down, every single game over and over and over again it's not happening it doesn't work like that you if you are the Pittsburgh Steelers and you are seriously the Pittsburgh Steelers that we know and love you would have not you would have not kept Canada there another year no you know what I'm just before I hand it off to you two ladies I'm gonna just say this and this is going to everyone in that Steeler locker room on the offense. Defense right now, you get a pass from me. So you're excluded from this. But this is going to Mike Tomlin. This is going to Art Rooney. This is going to Omar Khan. This is going to Najee Harris. This is going to Kenny Pickett. This is going to not to Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Firemuth, all of you. If I do not see... 21 or more points on that board this year with 11 plus wins with that schedule and that defense that you got to back you up. I am without question, without any filter, I am letting everybody ass have it from the top down. Everyone's getting it this year. Every damn soul in that organization. Everyone's having it this year. You two can take it. Wait, what are what are we taking? <laughs> Matt we're, Canada we're, being that's embarrassing, Kayla. We're I, look, I just didn't know where you wanted me to handle this because, like I said, I I'm just more concerned if the Colts have a coaching staff next year, and if our if our you can you take know, Matt quarterback Canada. is going to be you can under take Matt 35. Canada. Take Matt Canada because mm -hmm. I mean it. I no, I'm good. Everybody ass have it next year. I, I don't want those problems. 
Does everyone love problem. him? Everyone believe in him? Everyone wants him back? I'm everybody's effort. Everybody's ass happened. Everyone will be held to accountability on all standards. All of them. Go on. Go on, Stacey. Is she still Stacey, come back. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I guess I guess not. But yeah, no, I, I have no feelings one way or the other. I mean, I saw him trending um, the other day, but did not do a deep dive on on it. The unfortunate happened. The idiot was bought back for another year because his contract doesn't expire. Rip the damn contract up and go find someone else. You got all these other great options of offensive coordinators that have to develop Kenny within. You choose to keep this fool. What the hell is that? Because that seven and two run at the end of the year was because of him. Like, like your defense did not like give up seventeen or less points to their opponents. Like they have been doing damn near the whole year, exception of what two to three games. That's the reason why your butts ain't in the playoffs because your damn offense could have averaged more than that. Oh God. So who do you propose that they get for their OC? Matt Canada, and I'm proposing the Pittsburgh Steelers to get rid of him. But now who I would love for them to have? Frank Wright or Brian mm -hmm. Leftwich? I will OC. gladly give mm. you Frank Wright. I will gladly Look, say. Ask my OC, I'll take him. He's not a great head coach, but he's a hell of an OC. He coached Peyton Manning in 2006. He coached most and Carson Wentz in their best years in 2017. I will gladly take him and keep him in Pittsburgh as an OC. I oh no 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 he can't replace Tomlin as the head coach, but Tomlin but will be on that hot seat if we if I do not see any ounce of improvement, I am on that behind all those behinds. Mike Tomlin's on the hot seat every season. Nah, I ain't going to say every season. But this season, if I don't see any improvement, last season he got a pass because we understand adjusting to life after Ben, et cetera, et cetera. But this year, now that we know we got ourselves a quarterback with Kenny, uh-uh, Tomlin, no more passes this year because this is no longer your first year where every last one of them coaching staff members, every last one of them members in that coaching staff, you're not getting no more passes. This is what you wanted. This is what Rooney was wanting. This is what Tom wanted. So now this is what y'all going to get. Son will be held to the same exact standard on all accountability. Everyone. Everyone's going to be held accountable to all damn standards. All of them. But... Any thoughts on that, Stacey? Do you think that was a great move for my Steelers to do, or was that a dumb move? Okay, no thoughts? All right, uh, time to move on now to the final topic of this podcast, which will be preview of the NFL playoffs, the division around. Now things are about to get spicy because we got four games left until practically 
the big one, the conference championship game, and then it's the Super Bowl two weeks after that. So we could kick it off right now because talking about the matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars will be traveling to Arrowhead to take on Patrick Mahomes, the number one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think, in my opinion, that game is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I think I'm going with a three-point deficit. I have not yet picked the winner because – I really think the Jags can upset the Chiefs, but on the flip side of it, I don't see it happening because I don't think their offense is experienced enough to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. So that game can be 50-50 in my opinion, but I do think that we're going to really find out a lot more of who Trevor Lawrence is as a quarterback in the big stage as he will have a big challenge for himself going up against Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead with Travis Kelsey and them guys. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game? I am going to say this is not a AFC rival opinion. I just don't think Trevor has the experience yet um, to you know be able to handle going into Arrowhead um, in this big of a game. Um, so I'm going to have to give it to Kansas City. Okay. I, I understand because the lack of experience, Kansas City's experience without question does come into play. It does. Um, I definitely can understand that, and I definitely see that. Uh, Stacy, if you're still there, what is your thoughts? Yes, I am. And, you know, I've already picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. So you already know um, how I feel about it. They're going to win this game. Okay. It's going to be a good so? one. It's going to be a great game. All the matchups so that are happening this weekend are going to be great matchups. Now, this is going to be a good yeah. game. And I'm not going to say it's going to yeah. be great for them or that it's going to be easy. But yeah, they I don't come think Jacksonville's defense is going to make it easy for Kansas City, in my opinion. Right. And I honestly think that the Chiefs may slightly underestimate them a little bit, which is going to give the Jags a little bit more of an edge. I'm pretty sure they weren't even preparing to play the Jags after looking at the matchup between um, the Jaguars, and I already forgot who they – oh, and the Chargers. I think they were already prepping to play the Chargers, to be completely honest. So maybe the Jags can use that as you know, a little bit of not only fuel for them, but to their advantage. But it's going to be it's going to be closer than people think, but the Chiefs are going to come out with the win. Agree. I, I definitely agree. Um Like, I just don't – I don't know how to feel. Um, that game, like I said, can go out the way. That game can definitely – you know, the Jaguars can definitely upset people, can definitely Kansas City this year or this upcoming Saturday. So I'm going to leave that game alone because it depends on how the Jaguar, what Jaguars defense is going to show up. 
what Juju Smith-Schuster is going to show up and what Chiefs defense is going to get Trevor Lawrence and them guys and Trevor's same team, you know. But I'm expecting a three-point deficit. And actually, I'm not going to leave that game alone. Um, we might just get something different this year. We might get, you know, the Jags and another team we look forward to. Or we might just get a rematch of 2020. So that's where I'm going to just leave that. So I'm going to have my pick when I post our picks this, you know, this this weekend. So as a matter of fact, remind me to actually type and write our picks down because we're going to need it for this. Um, so you both are picking Kansas City. I'm up in the air about it right now. So we know game one is Kansas City. Um, let's go to the next game now, because we pretty much covered that. To the New York Giants traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. I got Philly. Philly? Hello? Oh, okay. Stacy? Good. My see, yeah, I, I keep telling you my Wi-Fi is like nuts, but uh, of course Philadelphia again, as I said before, it's going to be another good game, and a lot of eyes are going to be on Jalen Hurts because we know that he actually is hurt, still hurt, and the Eagles are going to have a lot to prove this time out. They had a week rest. They are on top of the league. So the pressure is going to be enormous for them. I think that they are going to pull it out, but it is going to be another close game. Okay, so I guess you could call me a little biased here, but from a realist standpoint, I'm going to go with the to win this game. I think if we get an upset this weekend, I got Big Blue over Philadelphia. I think Saquon Barkley is bound for another big divisional game. I like how the Giants' defense played against the Eagles the last time they matched up the Philadelphia to its limits. I think if they get them again, they could definitely get the Eagle. They could definitely get the Eagles. You know where they don't see it coming at home in Philadelphia. I truly believe that you know they will find ways to stop AJ Brown because if they don't, then they're in trouble. And obviously, I'll be up here to admit that I'll. Was wrong this short it because that's exactly how the Giants are gonna look if they don't find like some type of strategy to stop AJ Brown first, Devontae Smith second, obviously Miles Sanders third, because the run game could definitely be problematic for opposing defenses. But I think the Giants defense has enough to stop and neutralize Jalen Hurts, neutralize his mobility, which could lead to you know AJ Brown and Devontae Smith both being neutralized because Jalen won't be able to see the field. Outside, you know, inside the pocket, as strong as he is, as strong as he does, or as well as he does, correct me, outside of the pocket. So I'm definitely going to pick the Giants to win this game. I'm picking them at pick this week. And, yeah, that's my pick. So two-to-one ratio here so far. Now let's go to Sunday's game. 
Let's go to Sunday's games. We got the Cincinnati Bengals, a.k.a. the trash Natty Bagels, traveling to Buffalo, Highmark Stadium, to take on the Buffalo Bills. Who you got? Kayla, Stacy. Um, I'm not ready to give up on the Bengals yet. Or not the Bengals. Um, the Bills yet. So I'm gonna go with the uh the Bills here. All right, who you picking? Stacy. Oh, I was talking. I guess I was talking. I guess you couldn't hear. Uh, but I'm like, this is gonna be a really good one. A really good one. Only because these are the two teams that barely squeaked by with the win last week. So I'm interested to see what adjustments they are going to make this week. For each other, and they're two powerhouse teams. I know that you um, particularly don't care for the Jungle Cats, but um, they are a powerhouse team. I think I the Bills, think though, so. they're going to pull this out. You think the Bengals are going to win? No, I said I think the Bills are going to pull this out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's a three to nothing ratio. We're all going with Buffalo, but I'm explaining more why I'm going to go with Buffalo. It has nothing. Okay, everyone knows I don't like the Bengals. I don't respect them, nor their fans. I don't respect teams who moan and bitch about everything. I didn't like their performance against the Ravens at all last, you know, last Sunday. And I cannot see them coming into Buffalo with all that the Bills had to hear from them uh, behind the DeMar Hamlin situation. Being there was Bills Mafia practically calling Sean McDermott out because he did not stand up enough for Zach Taylor or even through his own shit with his own players practically damn near losing their life. I think, honestly, this game might not be as close as people think. I really think that. I think the Bills just might open up a can of whoop-ass on the Bengals this Sunday. I really think that. Because you got to think about it like Stefan Diggs. Who you got in that secondary that's going to answer that? Because Jesse Bates ain't the answer. Eli Apple, damn to the damn, the damn, the damn, 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 damn sure ain't the answer. Don't get me started on that guy in that performance against Demarcus Robinson Sunday. Then you think about Gabe Williams. Then you got to think about Josh Allen, someone who does have mobility, someone who does have a hell of a strong arm, someone who could just tear a defense apart by himself with his pure body. You got to think about all of that. And then I'm actually glad we got into the Bills and the Bengals matchup because honestly, Bills Mafia is about to come crazy this Sunday after a little outburst for former Bengal player Adam Pacman Jones because. But D, he did a whole lot of chirping this today, baby, when pretty much I'm a quote to y'all what he said. And I quote, the only reason we're talking about Josh Allen right now is because of his feet. It's definitely not his arm. So according to, you know, Believe Network, which is who originally posted this, he is not a fan of the Bills QB. Even after we watched Joe Barrow practically shit the bed, we watched him get off with the skin of his teeth against the backup quarterback. And now you got to go into Buffalo? And, and you are more concerned. I would be more concerned about what the hell is your secondary going to look like against Stephon Diggs, Gabe Williams. You know, Tredavious White is back. So... I expect him to match up against Jamar Chase, and I think that might be a good matchup. 
I really do. And just to let everyone know that I'm not lying, I'm going to play the video for y'all right So I'm a I'm a play right now. Here you go. Joe, the way Joe is playing, he definitely has his shot. Come on, Buffalo. Did you get that game last week? All right, I want you to go back and look at that motherfucker again. All y'all ride Josh Allen Till right now. He probably got another two, three years. Don't slow down. Only reason we talking about Josh Allen right now is because his feet is definitely not his arm because he had at least six throws last week that was late. I'm going out with a few games. the whole season. When he came out of college, CJ, what was his MO? What was they saying that he couldn't do? He was what? Inaccurate. inaccurate. Yeah, they did say that. How many quarterbacks do they say that's inaccurate that's all of a sudden getting accurate? Not many. I'm not saying that he's overall a better quarterback. I'm just saying I like him this year. I like him to win it this year. Not if we got to play him. Okay, what's your rank? AFC <laughs> quarterback. That's that, still in the playoffs right now. We know who your number one is. Joe Burrow. He done beat goddamn Patrick Mahomes three times. I mean, I, I think the big... Huh. Y'all heard that, ladies? We heard Did that. Did y'all hear that? Loud and clear. Loud. I just can't believe Adam Pac-Man Jones came out his mouth like this. Do you not understand your secondary? He, see, I mean, he's just known for saying wild shit. That's what. Yeah. Here's what bothers me. Because, see, I'm the bad guy. When I call out their fans and their players and their alumni, this, see, crap like this is why I can't the Bengals and I don't like them. I, I default don't like them because I'm a Steelers fan. I don't like the Ravens. I don't like the Browns. But everyone asks me, what is the difference between your dislikement within these three teams? I can respect the Browns and their alumni, even though I have my words about Joe Thomas. I respect the I can't respect the Bengals. I can't respect their fans because of crap like this. Crap like this.
All right, y'all. I think Shay and Stacey are on their way back in. But as far as my picks for the Cowboys and the Niners, I think I'm going to go with the Niners um, for that final Sunday matchup. I just – I don't think I'm ready to give it to the Cowboys and Dak. I feel like they got too many things that they need to work out um, on that end. So for me, I am seeing – the Chiefs, and the Niners in the Super Bowl. So once the other ladies hop back on, we'll see who they have got going to that final game. So I'm excited to see where they are going with that. But Shay should be popping back on soon. So I hope Stacey is close by on that. But Please hop in the comments until they get back and let me know where y'all stand on who you've got for that Dallas Cowboys and Niners game and then going into that Super Bowl. Again, this is Kayla um, with the Mike Bomb Podcast. I'm just waiting for my co-host to come back and join me to give me their picks for the final game. So hopefully they will be joining me soon so y'all don't just have to keep listening to me. Not that I'm sure y'all don't enjoy listening to me. Yep, we back. Sorry for the sorry for the misfound malfunction. So yeah. Um like I was saying, see, here's what bothers me about that. What bothers me is the fact that I'm the bad guy because I state the things so damn obvious that are so damn obvious that Boo Boo the Fool could have noticed it. Wait, see, remind us where you're at Go back where we picking up at because I made my picks for the Cowboys and the Niners game. Really, Kayla? We was past that topic. Look, y'all were gone. I didn't hear y'all, so we still on it. Cowboys and the Niners game. Um, we're talking about the Bills and the Bengals game, and we're gonna get to the Cowboys and the Niners game afterwards. So that's coming up next. But yeah. I don't think the Bills is going to take that too lightly. I think Josh Allen being the competitor that he is, he's definitely going to hear about this. Bills Mafia is already all over it. Um, 
the fact that Adam Pacman Jones just came out his mouth and said the reason why we're not talking about Josh Allen right now is because it's not because of his arm, but because of his mobility. That's disrespectful to Josh Allen because this dude since 2020 has been top five and damn near at every category. And I don't think, you know, you have a good enough quarterback there in Cincinnati for you to be running your mouth about someone else's. I think you're really overhyping Joe Burrow and his, and his abilities. Yes, he's a good player. Yes, he's a good quarterback. But let's not act like he's the best thing of thing ever on the planet and the way these Bengal fans and the way these Bengals alumni and their and their players talk as if they own and run everything it's it really from a personal standpoint this is why they make me sick because then they lose they're going to be like oh everybody was wishing on our downfall everybody's wishing on this everyone wishing on that well maybe if you would shut your damn mouth and play football for once and stop acting like you're entitled to something and actually go out there and earn your keep like Every other team who's got those type of rights or got those type of privileges, then you, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now because he's saying the reason why people ain't talking about talking about Josh Allen is because of his feet instead of his arm or anything similar to that. Let me read to y'all Josh Allen's stats since 2018, which, which was his rookie year. 2019, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions, a quarterback rating of 85.3, 3,089 yards. That was 2019. That was the sophomore season. 2020 season, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, a quarterback rating of 107.2 with 4,544 yards. 2021, 36 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 92.2 quarterback rating, with 4,407 yards. 2020, yeah, that was 2021. Here's 2022. 35, so he went 36 for 15, 2021. 35 for 14, 2022, with a quarterback rating of 96.6 with 4,283 yards in this season, the end of regular season. Previous season, he had 92.2 with 36 for 15. How in the hell is it more of a quarterback's feet than his arm when he has – this is not including his, you know, his rushing touchdowns. So already in his career, Josh Allen has 138 touchdowns with 60 interceptions with a quarterback rating of a 92.2 with 18,397 yards. Now let's look at Joe Barrow's numbers. Let's see since – let's be fair – so these past two seasons, let's compare. Let's compare. Because of the, these numbers better be better than Josh Allen's. Because Joe Burrow had a better receiving core. Joe Burrow is in a better offensive system, even though the Bills, okay. So Joe Burrow this year is 35 for 12, a quarterback rating of 100.8, 4,475 yards. That's this year. Last season, 34 touchdowns. 14, 108.3, 4,611 yards. Okay, pretty good numbers. Now we're going to look at Josh Allen, 2021. 36 for 15, 35 for 14. So Josh Allen threw more touchdowns this year than Joe Burrow or the same amount of touchdowns, only two more interceptions, 
And then the previous year, he threw two more touchdowns and only one more interception. Are we really... <laughs> Do you really think Adam Pacman Jones has a right to straight up call Josh Allen out like that? Based off of what was said about him in the draft. You mean the same people who try to talk about his accuracy was also talking about Joe Barrow's small hands and how it damn near had that quarterback under center for you ready to retire. This is what I'm talking about when I say lack of humility with the damn Bengals in this football team. Straight like that. But anyways, what are your thoughts on that? Stacy, Kayla? Look, I don't know, know why you can't ever hear me. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I don't know why you can't ever hear me. But um, I think here, Josh Allen is actually the better quarterback. I do feel Josh Allen is hurt, which might be an explanation for his performance in the last game, and which might yeah. be but a defining that well either. So it's like what you're saying. And he, yeah, you gotta go up there to Buffalo against that defense. And if I gotta pick a defense right now, I'm picking the Bills defense. I'm picking the secondary that don't get smoked by fifth and sixth round practice squad receivers. And moss my tight ends. Listen, I pick I pick the Bills to win. I pick the Bills to I'm win. Picking. I'm just Buffalo saying in too. reference to the comparisons you are having if for this matchup for the quarterbacks I am saying I think that Josh Allen might be hurt and that might be the great equalizer between him and Joe Burrow here even though Josh Allen is at home on his home turf but I'm still yes. picking the bills to pull it out man look it's it's crunch time I'm not holding anybody any higher than anybody else Whoever shows up on Sunday shows up on Sunday. Prove it. Prove I'm it. going with the Bills. And I think that this will, without question, is going to add more fuel to that fire. They need to be humbled, man. You got your alumni thinking who – a guy who hasn't even won a damn playoff game. I hear talking about what a great quarterback is like he ever played with one. And then you're going to go with this foolishness? You got – I go to Bill's Mafia this Sunday. Not them coming to the trashy jungle or, you know, the trash shenanity piss pot is what I like to call that. So you know what? I got the Bills by 14. And that's me being nice. But let's move on. You know, 14 points may be a little stretch here, but I am picking Buffalo to win that game. But let's move on to Kayla's favorite game. The Cowboys will be traveling to Levi Stadium to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Um, who shall pick to win that game? I'm going to pick San Francisco. Stacy, Kayla, who's your pick? I got the Niners. Stace? The fact that 
the fact that you can never hear me and I'm just always talking. I guess I'm talking to the spirits in the room. Anyway, but um, you already know I'm picking the 49ers. You already know that I've been picking the 49ers the whole, whole, the entire two hours and five minutes. I've been hollering about the 49ers. Yep. So, all right. We're going to review our game picks. I don't have a pick yet for Kansas City and Jacksonville game. I think that game could go either way more than people think. Um, but I'm definitely going to pick the Giants against the Eagles, as you guys both picked the Eagles against the Giants. Definitely understand that. Um, we all picked Buffalo, thank God. And we all are picking San Francisco. So, yes, ladies, I think that's it. I think we shared our thoughts on that. And we'll definitely be doing this again with much, much better. Oh, look at JJ. Look at JJ. <laughs> JJ's back. JJ was back. He said Josh isn't injured. You hate yes, I don't think I think that he's hurt and he isn't saying anything. I don't think it's an on the book injury. I definitely don't think he's at his best. But at this point, after 18 plus games, is anybody really at their best at this point? Like you, you're banged yeah. up. But I, I don't think he has an on the let me so let me specify. Let me clarify. I don't think he has an on the book injury. I think there's something, something that's bothering him. Though. Huh? Let me address something real quick to you, JJ. I do not okay. I don't, it ain't even the fact that I hate the Bengals. I don't like them. I don't respect them. They do not have my respect at all as an organization, as people. I don't like people who moan and bitch about everything. Think they're entitled to the fucking world. Like, you earned that right. You earned that keep. You haven't earned shit. One good year does not make you a great organization. Until you win a damn Super Bowl or do something that other teams have not done, go take a damn seat somewhere. That's how the Steelers have earned their keep. That's how the Cowboys have earned their keep. The Niners, the freaking damn Chiefs the Patriots, the Ravens, and every other organization who gets their asses kissed and their feet sucked on because they have earned that damn right. You, the Cincinnati Bengals, or the trash Cincinnati Bagels, have not earned that right. That That is straight Excuse like me, ma'am. Did you say get feet, get their feet sucked on? What is oh, happening Oh, come on here? now. We all know the damn Cowboys have not won nothing in damn near 35 years. And we all know the reason why. Oh, no, why I'm agreeing with that. But we just, we just, we turn to, it's, it's, it's live at the hours. We talking about toe sucking. Wait a minute. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. I'll tell it like it is all hours. <laughs> but no, I agree. As you were. But, but, but like, yo. I, I just can't believe that. So, yeah, Ryan, he said the Bills by 14 is crazy. That may be a little stretch there, but I'm picking Buffalo to win. I think that's going to be the team to humble the damn Bengals because they got to get humbled. They gonna they got to get humbled. This, this, this is getting out of line. Your players talk about they're the big dogs of the AFC, haven't done shit for the conference, but cost it to lose prestige, in my opinion. In my opinion. Because let's get real here. People didn't give a damn that you went to the Super Bowl. People cared more that the Rams won it. And people didn't give a damn that you won the AFC Championship. They cared more that Patrick Mahomes lost it. And it's like... I don't know. I don't know what the hell they out here smoking. 
But you know what? I think that's it. Um, to all of you who tuned in, who commented, thank you. We love you so much. Uh, ladies, I think that's it. If you guys don't have nothing more to say, the NFL playoff this Saturday, we're kicking it off with the, I believe we're kicking it off with the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Or just, yeah, we're just going to say super playoff Saturday. Jaguars, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles. Then we're going to be going into Sunday where the Trash Natty Bagels, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Bengals, will take on the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to be also be watching the Sunday night game in Levi Stadium where the San Francisco 49ers will host the Dallas Cowboys. It's um, going to be a great weekend for sports. For football. Great great this is going to be a hella crazy playoff weekend. So, ladies, that's all I have. Kayla Lewis, Stacey J, Shay Max Sports. We are officially signing out. See you soon. Bye. Thanks. It's coming your way, don't let it stop you from living for what you were made It's not a dream, it's a destiny Blessed is he when the whole world listens to this mess in me There's a message inside what you get from me A little life, little love, that's a recipe So when the world is crashing down and you feel the weight on your shoulders Try to pick it up but you're steady stacking up boulders Every day's a gift, never miss it getting older Blessing in the struggle, know that you're just on the road To a life you were born to live So I wake up every day and just give it what I'm born to give Everything in me and nothing less while this heart's still beating up inside my chest this day hey, this is my night hey, this is my pain hey, this is my life yeah, this is what i was born to do yeah, i was born to do every new day hey, every new night hey, every new stage hey, every new fight hey, this is what i was born to do Every night and I pray Asking Lord let him hear I got something to say There's a fear out there When it's coming your way Don't let it stop you From living for what you were made It's not a dream It's a destiny 